And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there, questioning in their hearts, Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. I would say not. <laughs> that is a crazy story. So let's let's look at some different parts of this story. So he says, when he returned to Capernaum, now we need to recognize that town. That's kind of his home base. Did anybody ever build a fort or like a treehouse or something? You guys have done something like that? You build like a, a fort in your room or a treehouse or anything? I did. You've done that? Like a nest? Sure. Oh, yeah, sweet. like we take blankets and put them around like a bird nest. Okay, so like, that's a good thought. A bird nest is where the birds always come back to, right? Or, or if you have a fort or something, like that's where you go, and then you go out and do other stuff and you come back. Capernaum is kind of like that for Jesus, all right? He's from a different town. He was born in a different town in Nazareth, but Capernaum is really his, his nest or his fort. That's where he keeps coming back to. So he's made his way back here. And it says that it was reported that he was at home. That happens to me a lot. People keep track of me and report whether I've arrived at home or not. Does that happen to you, Ellery? Hey, Ellery's at home. Over. No? No. People are following Jesus around and they're letting people know where he's at. Okay? It says, And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door, and he was preaching the word to them. What was he talking about? Maybe. We said there was some, Go ahead, Jeff. Exactly. We said that at the very beginning of Mark, um, it said that Jesus came and said, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So even though we hear about Jesus healing people and feeding people, we know that when, when he's talking, he's saying this. Okay, It's important that Jesus' message accompanies the things that he's doing. So he's saying, Repent, turn the other way. And believe in this good news that I'm bringing you, that God has come to bring you into him, okay? And be, uh, repent and believe in the gospel, right? So that's what he's saying. So, and they came, bringing to him this paralytic carried by four men. Four fellas got a guy on like a cot, okay, or a bed or whatever, and they're, they're hefting him through town, all right? Now, we said it's really crowded in there, right? And so, if you want to... Probably at least 50, if not more. Okay, so he's taking these. He, they want they want to take this paralytic in to see Jesus. Why? Yeah, they they've heard he's been doing things like healing people, right? And so if you've got a friend of yours who's not moving around well, and you say, "Hey, Jesus does this type of thing. Maybe we should take try to take him in." That's what they're going to do. And they get there, and there's this entire crowd of people in this house, and it wasn't a big house. So when we think of a, it's probably about the size of this living room. Okay, is is the size of house that Jesus was in. And so it, there, there probably was tons and tons of people. They couldn't even get in the door with this man. Okay? And so they said they could not get near him, Jesus, because of the crowd. They removed the roof above him. Now, here's the thing. In some of your Bibles, especially the kids' Bibles, it's going to look like hay. 
It's going to look like the roof is made of hay, all right? But that's not really what the roof would have been made of, okay? The roof was the place where they would go and sleep, okay? Sometimes they take a nap in the middle of the day. They would go up on the roof. If you guys remember the story about Peter in the book of Acts, he falls asleep and he has this dream of all these meats, meat on a sheep, okay? He sees a bunch of animals and stuff on a sheep, okay? <laughs> so... And it's what God's telling him it's okay to eat these animals, these types of animals, which he didn't eat before. But he was sleeping on the roof. Alright? So they also sometimes did work up there. They would climb a ladder and like they would they would practice their trade up, up on this roof, which means you had to be able to stand on it. It was probably made of timbers, wood, okay, and had some inner wood that was intertwined and thatched around, and then maybe had some mud to hold it all together. And when mud hardens, okay, it's 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 big, it's hard to get through, okay? So this wasn't an easy roof. It's kind of our roofs, okay? And so the way that the Bible actually, the, 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 the Greek in the Bible says, it says they unroofed the roof. That's what they did. Okay? They went up on a dude's roof. This is probably, uh, this is probably Peter's house. So again, this is, this is a riot going on at Peter's place. He just healed Peter's mother-in-law from being sick. And now there's a bunch of hoodlums on the roof tearing it up. Okay? So they go up, they climb up the roof, and like they're doing some major demolition in this place to be able to bring this man to Jesus. Now, one of the things we need to remember is like, why, why would someone do that? Because they, they've heard Jesus does this type of thing. And they would do anything to get their friend in his presence. That's cool. That means what they heard about Jesus, they believe and say, I need to, I need to bring everybody in to be part of what this man is up to. Okay? So they unroof the roof wide enough to fit a grown man on a bed in it, and they they like lower him down in there. Now that's Is there a, like a string that's I think they must have had rope or really long arms. Yes. No, that's true. So it must be rope, right? Those yes. arms don't make yes. sense. I agree. Oh, you've seen it. Seriously, I'm on it. Get mine. So I feel like this is a weird situation because it's hard to bust through a roof. It's going to take a little time, right? Yeah. But Jesus already knows that, that, that they're coming, right? So everyone else in the crowd is freaking out. And Jesus just keeps talking like there's not bits of roof falling and hands coming down occasionally. And like it just seems, the whole thing seems outrageous. That's right. Humans do outrageous things, and Jesus said, Jesus is like, yeah, I, I kind of saw that coming. Everyone else kind of freaks out. Jesus keeps a cool head, okay? Yeah. <laughs> you might want to move. <laughs> yeah, okay, so here's, 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 here's what I was thinking about when I was reading this story. I thought, I believe a lot of really cool things about Jesus, but like, am I, am I telling other people about it in such a way where I'm like, hey, I would unroof the roof so that these guys can get near the cool things that Jesus is about? And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm not acting as excited as I really am. And I, I need help with that. I, I was praying to God about that this week. He's like, I know these types of things. Like, help me see people in that way. And said, I can't wait to take off the roof and put Chuck down in the middle of Jesus. <laughs> that's, the, that's an imaginary man. But he's who I would like to help introduce. Go ahead. Because I didn't think I want to dance until you raise the roof. I said. I'm not sure the phrase raise the roof was around at the time. Raise the roof. Okay. Okay, wait, wait. Go ahead. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Chuck Kelly. 
Um, I read this story this week, and my thought was, I was excited because I thought about our house church, and I thought about the men in our house church, and I thought, you know what, how cool it is, is that the men in our house church are the kind of men who would say something completely crazy, like, we're going to pick up Chuck, and we're going to go on That's right, we're going to go on Well, you got that right. <laughs> But crazy in the very best way. Right. And that's the cool thing about following Jesus. You get to be a good kind of crazy. Yes! That's us. Okay, all right. So, here, let's continue. Let's continue looking in. Um, so he said they, they couldn't get near him. They put him down on the roof, uh, and they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, now watch. What, what are they hoping Jesus is going to do? Kill. Yeah, that's right. Some sort of, some sort of that. Okay. They're hoping Jesus is going to heal them. Let's see what Jesus says, though. Jesus saw their faith. He said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. It's, yeah. So, so, so here's the deal. There's two, there's two types of people in this crowd. Okay. There's two types of people in this crowd. And this, they're going to have different reactions to what Jesus has just said. First of all, who's able to forgive sins? God. Yeah, God is. You're right. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. But they don't know that. Okay? They say God forgives sins. And these and the scribes are people who don't believe that Jesus is God. And so when Jesus says your sins are forgiven, they're saying, uh-oh. This this guy's bad. He's claiming to do things that only God can do. That's what these so the scribes are saying. Exactly. They don't believe yet. That he is God. So when he says things like that, they say, oh, we can't have this. And here's the thing. We would think that same thing, right? If someone got, if, if, if somebody got up and said, oh, hey, I will forgive your sins, I would say, oh, uh, uh, God does that, not, not you. And so do I understand where those guys are coming from? Yeah, I get it. The other guys who brought the paralytic man in are going to say, hey, uh, I mean, that's great and everything, but like, A, didn't see anything happen, and we, we kind of wanted you to make it so you could walk out of there. Okay? So they're having, Jesus has done one thing, and the people in the house are like, hey, I mean, this is weird, and I don't like it. Alright? So let's let's watch their reaction. He says, son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there, questioning in their hearts. Notice they're not saying it out loud. It's happening inside. They're thinking. And they're saying, why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. That big blasphemy. Anybody know what that means? It means, um, they're saying something that isn't true. Kind of, yeah, that's kind of true. So it's even more specific than that. Go ahead, Ellery. Exactly. Right? It's someone claiming to do things that only God can do. Okay? And in that time, blaspheming was punishable by death. Okay? You, you didn't get to go around saying you could do things that only God could do. Okay, so that's what they—that's what they're saying in their heart. They're thinking to themselves. They're saying he is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Yeah. All right. And then it says, and immediately Jesus. Now here's the deal. Of course, they didn't say it out loud, but who knows all the stuff going on? Jesus, Jesus does just like he knew they were going to unroof the roof. He knew that that's just what they were thinking. Okay. He perceived on earth to forgive sins. That's he's, he's referring to himself as the Son of Man. We won't talk about that today, but maybe you guys can talk about that this week with your parents, because we'll talk a little bit about that later. Uh, yeah, let, let me finish up, and then we'll look and see what's on your, on your paper, okay? 
So he says, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we have never seen anything like that. So he didn't have to go back to the roof. No, 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 no. He didn't have to, like, take the ropes and climb back up out the roof. Okay, he got to leave on his own. Okay, a couple cool things I, I want to see about this. So first of all, what was Jesus' point was to say? So that you may know that I can forgive sins, I will show you that I can heal this man. Right? We know that one is true because he proved that the other one was true. Jesus says true things. I will heal these guys, and I can tell you the sins are forgiven. It's introduced this, this fight that he's going to have with people that are like, no, you can't do that. You're not God. And Jesus is making the case that, like, I'm trying to show you who I am. Okay? Um, notice, he didn't stop this guy from saying anything. Right? He had stopped other people up to this point. Said, don't tell. Don't tell. Okay? But this guy, he says, yeah. He doesn't stop him. He says, just go home. And he glorifies God. Or when we think of glorifying God, I want you to think of something that reveals God to people. So when we say we give glory to God, it's basically we're revealing the character and nature of God to people. That's what's happening here. Okay? And then they say, we have never saw anything like this. And here's what I want you guys to keep an eye out for in your lives. Okay? If we live faithfully and follow Jesus, you're going to run into things where you say, I've never seen anything like this. And it's because of the types of things that Jesus does. Okay? Okay. Ready? We got time for one more short story? Okay. Let's do one more short story. Wait. Oh, wait, wait. Okay, wait. Bring it back to me. Everybody, everybody paying attention? We all good? Bright eyes. One more story. Okay. What chapter is We're still in Mark 2. Hey, did you notice that it doesn't record Peter getting upset about the roof? No, it does not. Okay. That's interesting. That's good. Hey, here's the deal. If Jesus broke the roof open but then healed the guy, I would be like, well, it must be all right with him. It must be okay. Okay. Um, here we go. I'll read this part, okay? He went out again beside the sea. All the crowd was coming to him. They see the things he's doing. They continue to follow around. And he was teaching them. What was he teaching them? What is it? <laughs> I mean, in that general vicinity, yeah. But specifically, we said, whenever he's teaching or preaching in Mark, we should think that he's saying what? Go ahead, Eric. And he said to him, follow me, and he rose and followed him. What does that sound like? What's, what's that, a story we've already heard? Eddie, go ahead. Except we, that's, we haven't heard that story anymore. <laughs> well, how about a story that we've read recently? Gallery? <laughs> <laughs> Very close. Yeah, who's who? The boys in the boat, right? The fellows in the boat. Boys, the boys in the boat. That's how we got other people to follow, right? He walks by what they're doing and says, "Hey, you. I know you're doing something else, and it looks very important, but I want you to follow me and just dip, right?" Uh, Zebedee was was the name that he was for. Zebedee. Okay. 
And he does this same thing to this man, Levi, the son of Alphaeus. Now, I need to talk to you about collecting taxes. Who pays taxes in the room? I pay taxes. Yep, list taxes. Good. Kevin Porson is so Yes. Okay. So, why? Hey, hold on, guys. Pay attention. Pay attention. How do we know? What do we collect taxes for? Do we know? Yeah, the government collects taxes to, to do things like they pave the roads and they pay guys to take a shovel out and get the snow off it and they run the street lights and all that kind of stuff, okay? Governments charge taxes so they can pay for things in the city. Now, this guy's job, he was a Jewish man, okay? His job was to collect taxes from other Jews to pay to the Roman government, okay? So now, if there's a guy that is like your your people, and he's taking money from you to give it to somebody who you don't like, are you very happy with this man? No, no. So he's not a very popular man. Here's the second thing, okay? The way a tax collector made money is, let's say they had to pay for every person in the city the government wanted $20 worth of taxes, okay? The way the tax collector makes money is he charges more than that and keeps the difference, all right? So he says, I need to come up with 20 bucks per person. And so I might go to Andrew and I say, Andrew, 50 bucks in taxes so that I can make 30. Ellery, $75 in taxes so that I can make 55. You understand? You understand what he's doing? So if you are a rich tax collector, it means you are going to your own people and you are taking more than you have to to give it to the government and to make yourself rich. Doubly, this man is very unpopular. Okay? We're not very happy with Levi, son of Alpheus. Okay? So, that's his dad. He's dead. Okay? I don't know. It doesn't really say. He could be. So, so now here's the question. Where Jesus is at, everybody that is surrounding Jesus doesn't like Levi. All right? He is, he is a hated man. Let's see how Jesus interacts with someone who no one else likes. Okay? Ready? It says, and uh, he said, follow me, and he rose and followed him. So first of all, he picks out a guy that no, nobody else likes, and he says, come follow me. Everyone around him is upset. And as he reclined at table in his house, many, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. Oh my. All these people that were so happy with what Jesus is doing. Oh, he's healing people. Oh, he's casting out the demons. Oh, we get to tear the roof off this. Okay? Now, now Jesus is, inter- is sitting with, at having dinner with. You don't just have dinner with, like, anybody. Right? Jesus is having dinner with someone that everybody else hates because of how they treat them. And he says, come, I want even you. I want you to follow me. Even you. I will come and have dinner with him. Okay? And then it says, um, and the scribes, oop, the scribes were the guys who were upset because they said Jesus was blaspheming. The scribes and the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, oh, said to his disciples, right? They're going around Jesus. They're going to go to the disciples and say, hey, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, ah, again, the disciples don't even get there, <laughs> right? Jesus is picking stuff up. He hears it, and he turns to them and says, those who are well have no need of a physician or a doctor, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Now, there's a cool, couple cool things I want to think about when we talk about what Jesus has done here. First of all, Jesus doesn't come to people who deserve it. 
Okay? It isn't about you or I or these people or the tax collector deserving what Jesus is bringing. Okay? And it doesn't matter what the rest of the world thinks about a particular person. Jesus says that person is, they, they need me. They need my forgiveness. They need my grace. They need my call to repentance, to live differently, and to be part of what God is doing. And not only am I offering it to them, but I'm not just saying, oh, here's a, here's a little piece of paper that describes the kingdom. Look at it and see if you want to go. He says, no, I want you, I will come and I will eat with you. It's a very close thing to eat with somebody. They can see you chewing and making noise like this and stuff. They know when you get up to use the bathroom and blow your nose. Okay, eating with someone is a very close thing to do. And Jesus says, hey, you who doesn't deserve the kingdom at all and who everybody hates, I'll share a meal with you. I'll recline at table with you. Because I love I will have McDonald's with you, except in my house. Chicken nuggets with you. Yes, Ella. You have Chick-fil-A with you. That's when you're a real friend. It's free for Chick-fil-A. Okay? It's a few extra bucks, but it means you love people. Okay? So, so here, here's what I want. Here's, here's what we have to be careful. Okay, when Jesus says he came for the the people that need help, okay, the sinners and the tax collectors, that's us. Okay, and we are not better. We are we are not not sinners and tax collectors simply because we met Jesus. It just means we are very grateful sinners and tax collectors. Because we've met a Jesus who came specifically to say, I'm here for you. Because you need me. Alright? So here's where we have to be careful. Sometimes, especially when we get in a group like this, I look around and I say, all these people love Jesus. I'm blessed to be around so many cool people that love Jesus. And that's true. That's true. But when I look out in the world, I need to be careful that I don't say, oh, there's that person who acts in that way and does those things. We shouldn't hang around with those types of people. Because I have something that Jesus has graciously given to me that I can share with them. Remember, I said one of the things that we need to look at is like, what are the types of things that Jesus does and can we do them? Can we be part of having close relationships with people who need Jesus without being concerned that everyone around, that people around us will go, oh, you shouldn't be hanging out with those types of people? Because Jesus said, eh, they need a doctor, they, they need what I'm bringing. And, and I'm not going to just like, oh, I hang out with them so I can let them know Jesus and otherwise I don't associate with them. He's like, no, we do dinner together. Now, you don't become what they're doing. We bring what we have to them as a gift. That makes sense? So be very careful how you look at other people. Have you guys ever been, um, maybe you've been to a school thing or a church thing or somewhere where there's been other kids and you're like, hey, those kids are rowdy. They don't behave right. They're not children. We're not like that. Be very, very careful. Okay? Be very careful that we don't think something about ourselves that's not true. We are we are very graciously saved by a loving Jesus who also wants to bring what he has to healing to them. Alright? So we have to be careful that although we don't become what other people are, because we've repented and we are part of this kingdom, um, but we're also part of taking God's promises and faithfulness and mercy to other people. And so whenever we, you see anybody, I mean anybody, in any station of life, you look at them and say, Jesus has come for them, just like he has come for us. Does that make sense? That's, what we're gonna be, that's, why, that's why we, as, as people that follow Jesus, we don't, we don't get to like say, oh, that person is less than me. 
I said, no, 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 no. We've been lucky and fortunate that, that we know Jesus. That person Jesus has come for as well. Maybe I can be part of helping them know Jesus. There's a lot of arguments that people have. Maybe it's how they look or the type of job they have or how much money they do or do not have or the car they drive or the type of Christmas presents they receive. Okay? Those aren't distinctions that we as Jesus people make. We say we're all just sinners and tax collectors who would be so fortunate to eat with Jesus and to be able to be part of what he's bringing. Okay? And this reminds us that Jesus did not care that they hated Levi. He did not care that there were people around him who claimed to know God who said, hey, you shouldn't be hanging out with those types of people. Right? Jesus does the cool thing. He says, I don't care. Let me bring what I have to you. All right? I love this story because it reminds me of who I am in the story. I'm part of the sinners and tax collectors. And it reminds me that Jesus came for me. And when he says, but those who are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners, they're not really righteous. <laughs> That's why Jesus goes to everybody. He's like, well, you know, the sick need a doctor. I'm here to help with that. That's everybody here. Okay? Just like he wasn't saying, um, uh, oh, that, which is easier to forgive sins or to make a person walk? Well, it's actually harder to forgive sins because only certain people can do it. Only God can do it. Okay, but the point was, you can see this, and he's doing the same thing here. Okay? All right. I, I love these stories. I thought these are very cool stories they were saying to me. So, let's think about real quick, and you guys can take a break. All right? What are the types of things that Jesus did in the stories today? Go ahead, Red. That's right. He helped a man. He helped heal a man who couldn't walk, and now he can walk. Can we do that? No. No. No, we can't do that on our own. Right? These are things that Jesus can do, though, right? Can Jesus still do things like that today? Yes. Yes, he can. Will he always do what we want? No. No, he won't. Now, here's the thing. Jesus, it's, we know Jesus healed a lot of people, but it doesn't mean that he healed everybody he ever walked, that he ever, ever ran into, okay? Jesus knows bigger stories than we know. So sometimes there's things I really want. I really want certain people to be healed of something, and, and it doesn't happen. And I don't know why it doesn't happen. But I know that God does, and I trust that he, he heals when he, when he wants to, and he doesn't heal for reasons that he has on his own. So can Jesus still, still heal a person who can't walk and make them walk? The yeah, yes. Yes. Of course. Those are something that Jesus does that we don't do. But because we know Jesus that can do it, we'll ask him to do it. Okay? So is it okay for us to pray for those types of things today? Yeah. Absolutely. I don't want to it reminds me of Dan's January. Yeah. Yeah. It was there and then it wasn't. And then it was just gone. And here's the thing. You'll, you'll see it. I promise you, you'll see it throughout your life. You'll meet people or you will be a people. Okay? Where Jesus has done something that is not explainable. And we, and we walk away saying we never saw anything like that. Okay? So, and God does that even in our even in our community or in people that love Jesus. We get to hear what God has done through other people so that we know that he still does things like that. Okay? So, yeah, very good. That's a good job. Okay? That's something that Jesus does that we can't do on our own. But because we know a Jesus that can, we can still ask him. All right, what else did Jesus do? Oh, I what else? I'm sorry, I can't, I can't say it. I'm not a kid. Yes, you can. You can say it. Adults can do it. Ate with the 
tax collector. Ah, yes. He ate with people that no one else would eat with and that everybody hated. Can we do that? Yes. Of course we can. Like, don't the, the other people for the reason? Yeah, that's true. Like, sometimes, we're, like, this isn't just finding the person who everyone misunderstands. Like, they hated him for real reasons. He was a jerk. Okay, he was not a good man. He was taking more money than he had to. And you Jesus still said, there about that. You're the tax collector, do what you want. Yeah. That's, in fact, if you ran into a rich tax collector, <laughs> Zacchaeus, <laughs> okay, that's even worse. If you were just getting by, and we still don't like you, but, uh, okay. But, like, a rich tax collector, the only reason you're rich is because you wanted to be off people that you were supposed to be loving. Okay? So, yeah. but So, Jesus ate and shared good news with people who nobody liked for legitimate reasons. Can we still do that today? Yes. Absolutely. Is it just eating? Or can, what, what else might that mean on how we interact with people? That's right. No, that's good. That's good. Could be just being nice. That's right. Being a friend. And here's the deal. They may not even appreciate it. They might not even like it. Okay? That's not our deal. There's, there's, a, there's a whole world full of things that aren't our problem. Our, our problem is we follow Jesus and take people with us, right? Those are our two main responsibilities. How people react to that is going to be between them and God. But it doesn't have to. It doesn't change what we do. So even if I talk to a guy and I'm his friend and he doesn't like me and he takes it wrong, I say I still wait for the man, and maybe I can be a friend again. Because our life, it's easy like that. It's not. It's not complicated. We just keep going back. And somebody says, "Hey, but that guy's not being a good friend to you." I said, "I know. That's why I keep trying to be a friend to him." <laughs> we don't have it right yet. So can we still do this? Yes. Is it part of how Jesus takes good news to people that really need to hear it? Yes. And we are lucky because we've already heard it and we get to take other people. So, yeah. Something that Jesus did do? Absolutely. What's he do? I'm subscribed. What's that? He did humble some scribes. Some religious folk that thought they knew the right way to handle something, but then they met what Jesus was actually doing. That might happen as we follow Jesus to take people with us. It might happen. Yeah, so that might still happen. <laughs> what else? Um, what did he do that the scribes were so upset about? Um, he. That's right. He he was being blasphemed. They thought he was a blasphemer. Okay, they thought he was doing things that only God could do, which they are correct. He is doing things only God could do. It's only acceptable if you are also indeed God. Now. Again, I want to create a little bit of sympathy for our scribes, okay? If you read back in the Old Testament, one of the things that the, that the Jews would say, like, remember the great Shema? Yeah, Shema. Shema. Deuteronomy. said, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, okay? Meaning, there is only one God. They were in, remember, they were captive in Egypt, they had a million gods. They're in Rome, million gods. There's gods everywhere, okay? Um, the Greeks had a ton of gods, the Romans had a ton of gods. The Jews, though, said, uh-uh, one the Lord our God, the Lord is one. They said it every day when they woke up. Okay? So, when you have a guy who's claiming to be God, and they say, that would be two gods, and they say, uh-uh. uh-uh. We would have that same reaction, right? How could it be? How could this be How could this be God? Okay? So, they're struggling with it. However, the uh, the thing that, they, that always happens to God's people, and we, this can happen to us today, is God sends information 
okay, through prophets or through people to tell you, and we refuse to believe it. We refuse to see God when he's, when he's working. Okay, so we've got to be very careful about it, and that's how they miss him. They missed him through much of the, the stories in the Old Testament. God would say, don't do this, and they do whatever they want. He'd send a guy to say, hey, be careful, stay with me, and they wouldn't do it. They'd go and do something else. Okay, they're going to miss God right in front of them because of the things that they, they wanted to be true. Okay, so yeah, I would agree. So he, so wait, can we, Jesus forgives sins, can we do that? No, no, but just like the healing, we know a guy who can. That, well, God can do it, absolutely, right? But not on someone else's Right, so like, I couldn't do it, I couldn't say, Faye, your sins are forgiven, because I'm not God, I'm not, I can't do that. But That's right, but you can ask God to do it. So, so here's the thing, we can't do what Jesus did there. But we can help connect them with God and tell them that God can do it, and then God will. Go ahead. So I suppose if he did, although I'm not sure that he... Well, see, there's an interesting Bible story behind that. We're going to talk about that later, Eddie Carson. Okay, keep that in the mind. Because there, there is a point in which God's, Jesus says something kind of like that. And we have to like, well, how are we, how are we supposed to get that? I think that we're supposed to always just say, we know how it's done. Let me hook you up with the guy that does it. I think that's what it is. Okay, but we, I think maybe not more. But we'll, we'll run into that. Okay, very good. Did Jesus do anything else? I think that's most of it, right? Okay. All right. I, I, think, I think we got most of it. I think those are good. So, okay, guys. You guys did a great job today. Here's what I want to do. I kind of like that. I kind of like as we read every week. I want to go back and think, what did Jesus do? It reminds us of things that only God can do for us and for other people. And it reminds us of the things that Jesus does that we can also do. So let's keep an eye on that as we read stories, okay? And so that we can we can talk about those when we get together. Um, remember, the big, big, a couple big things we want to take away from is that um, is how we need to look at the world the way Jesus looks at the world, okay? We need to re- recognize ourselves in part of that story and, and remember that we, were the, we are, continue to be the sinners and the tax collectors. Okay? And we need to be able to take that good news of Jesus to the rest of the world. And Jesus still does cool stuff, and, and they're still worth unroofing the roof for. Okay? Helping people meet Jesus and the things that he's got going on. So, let's pray. Father God, I love you. Thank you for your stories. Um, thank you for the true things that we can learn from them. I pray, God, that um, as you send us out, that you would send us out with energy for the task. Um, may we see the world as you see it. See people the way that you see them. Recognize our own selves in that. And never forget how fortunate we are um, to be the recipients of your mercy uh, and of your grace. And that we, we it's kind of cool. We not only get it, but we're like dealers in it. We get to spread it back out and share it with other people who also need it more than anything. So I thank you for this good news. I thank you for the Bible that tells it uh, and for the spirit that demonstrates it and helps to spread it to the world. In your heavenly name, I love you and thank you. Amen. Amen.